am in tech online jba here and welcome to bonus episode 11 of diversity and mentorship in technology where we continue the conversation about diversity mentorship careers business in technology with our guest each bonus episode is tied to a show episode so don't forget to check that out first if you haven't done so already now one more time we're going to reintroduce our guest shaniqua davis and get into a deeper discussion regarding the topic of the week, diversity recruiting. So, Shaniqua, welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me back. So I'm excited. Awesome. I want to get into the topic of Norify, which we talked about on the original show. Take us through what, what that was like in terms of concept to actually starting to getting up and running. As a developer myself, I know, you know, when you build a web project or a platform, it's not uh, as easy as, as it looks in the beginning. So kind of take us through that journey uh, for our listeners. Yeah, so the journey for Norify um, has been a fast and learning process consistently. Um, literally from the time I thought about Norify and I'm like, okay, I have this great idea. I started thinking about, you know, what I wanted it to look like. So immediately I started conceptualizing the logo and I developed it and then I purchased the domain name, and I just started building out the platform um, in a very basic way. I created a landing page, but um, I was very intentional from the beginning, and I had no clue what it would look like. I had no clue what functions needed to be in place, but I knew that in order for me to get started, I had to get started, and um, luckily for me, I know that a lot of people, you know, aren't so technically uh, equipped to kind of just get started right away on developing a platform. Because my background is in, you know, development and technology, I was able to at least get the brand's presence online instantly um, and get the, the landing page up. And then I started just sharing it with people. I, I think the next day after I thought about Norify, I was walking around with some people and I'm like, hey guys, I have this, this startup and it's called Norify and this is what it's going to do. And, you know, still not knowing exactly what it was going to be, but I was so excited to share it with people and the feedback that I received from, um, you know, starting this platform really, really helped me continue to say, you know, this is something that I need to continue to work on. I think um, just sharing it with not only my peers, but the professionals that I came across, diverse professionals from across the board, whether they be minority professionals to HR professionals who are looking for diverse talent, they were so excited and said, you know, let us know when it gets up and, you know, gets up and running. So I think um, I, I just continue to, you know, develop out the platform based off of feedback and, you know, what I received from what people wanted. And I, I built it out. I would um, add a feature. I would remove a feature to this day. I'm continuously saying, you know, how is this performing and how is it working? What can I tweak? What can I make better? So it's a learning process. And um, as I'm starting to build out my team, um, they're going to help me, you know, give me their diverse opinions on, you know, what should be put in place and things like that. That's my next question, actually, because as entrepreneurs and everyone knows, no one builds an empire or a successful company simply mm -hmm. by themselves. So in terms of the team, I think that's important. And obviously, when you're looking at a first hire, even a, uh, a virtual hire, what are the, some of the things that you can give, give to our listeners to look out for, especially in technology when it's, it's still a little bit the Wild West from, from my perspective? How do you find the right candidates? And again, being diversity candidates, uh, promoting mm -hmm. that initiative, how do you find the right person or group of people to support your mission or support your platform? Yeah, so I, I like to start with um, my own personal network of 
people that I, I know and the people that I believe kind of share, you know, the same values as me. And with, with that being said, as I start to build out the Norify team, I want to make sure that everybody who joins the company they, they actually care about the mission, they're passionate about it, and they want to kind of move the diversity needle forward. So I want our team to be reflective of the mission that we are trying to, you know, help other organizations accomplish. And um, right now, the way that I've really connected with the people who have joined us so far, right now, um, I'm the only full-time person, but we have a COO, and she works part-time. Um, and then I, I've had two interns over the summer, but the way that I connected with these people were, you know, I put out the word that I'm, we're growing and, um, you know, I am looking for talent who, you know, share these, you know, these beliefs and this is what they care about. And from really just putting the word out there, not being shy about it, I've received some great candidates and, um, I've been able to have personal and intimate conversations with these people. Um, well, I would say, intimate or more informal conversations. And I feel like when you say informal, it just, it, it gives people the opportunity to really open up and be themselves. So um, as I continue to grow, I think that's the route that I'll go about, you know, within, you know, the first 20 or so hires. And then maybe um, once we get larger that I'll bring on a, a HR department who can really kind of help develop this cultural program for us to make sure that we're inclusive across the board. I have a question about uh, HR, which we'll get to in a second. But to that point, you mentioned in the lightning round, the startups, you know, I always ask the guest question, the startup or corporate, and there's pros and cons to both coming out of college, for example. You mentioned startup. Do you find or have you found in your experience that startups are generally more diverse than or better with that recruiting than a corporate company? Or how, what's, what's your take on that? Um, I do. I think startups are um, more diverse um, and they have a more laid back approach. I believe corporations, um, most corporations are kind of really set in stone in their ways. And this is why we see most Fortune 500 companies really struggling with the diversity needle um, because they, they have these values. These, the people that have formed the company, you know, they all share the same beliefs. They look the same way. So typically the people that they recruit are going to also share their same values. And it's really kind of hard to, um, you know, teach an old dog new tricks and trying to in tell them that, no, your old way of doing things is now wrong and you now have to incorporate other values. So as startups are starting to grow, what you see is you see a lot, you know, CEOs and founders who are a lot younger, who have grown up to, you know, share beliefs, different beliefs around a diverse set of people, and they want to bring on talent from diverse backgrounds. Um, I think the overall mission or I think what most startups in the early stage realize is that kind of what we said about the team is that, you know, no great, no great company can really run on its own. And unless you incorporate all of those different values from different backgrounds, I think, um, I don't think you can really go as far as you want to. So I, I see a lot of success on the diversity front for startups, but there's still a long way to go. Gotcha. And to that point, one of the things I'm excited about, and I think you mentioned you are as well, is the future of AI. And of course, with the benefit and the drawback when it comes to algorithms, and we know how recruiting generally works now, it's more well known that a lot of these computer programs differentiate candidates through some system, and then it goes to the HR recruiter. So do you think and how could AI play a beneficial role when it comes to diversity recruiting? And also, obviously, there's some caveats or, or some things to think about, but what's your take on AI and how it could improve that process? Well, I think with, I think that, um, 
one benefit that we will see and um, even Norify is going to start implementing is the machine learning aspect of AI and um, really starting to kind of understand the behaviors and experiences of um, those candidates because what we have to understand about diversity is that diversity doesn't work without inclusiveness. So what happens is that we get companies who say, you know, we want to hire this number of diverse candidates. So then you get, you know, you see them bring down a few different candidates from different backgrounds, but the, the candidates don't eventually stay at these companies. And I've been that candidate before where, you know, I've got hired into a position and I'm the only minority in the room or a part of my group and I didn't just didn't feel like I belong there. So I started seeking new opportunities. What I'm hoping to do or what I see corporations um, doing in the, the future is to really starting to understand and um, understand the behaviors of uh, candidates and also understanding the behaviors of hiring decisions from there we can start tracking data and kind of really putting it into a system to say you know cre create predictive anal analysis of you know what is the reason that you know this person stayed longer what's the reason that this left I think what you'll find from that is that um, HR departments or corporations and startups will be able to make um, better decisions recruit better talent and then keep the talent there for uh, you know for a longer time yeah, and that's interesting. You mentioned something just briefly, the number of candidates, uh, corporations at times, hey, I want to have a specific number of candidates or five or 10. And it's funny you mentioned that because mm -hmm. I have a, uh, a speech I kind of give to people that, um, you know, talk that I give that's called diversity is not a quota. And so I said it's, it's, it's actually a process, like you said, and, and you know, yeah. combining uh, machine learning and other aspects where it's more personable is definitely something to be on the lookout for. But I want to talk Definitely. a little bit about the student side of things. And obviously, there's a lot of colleges and a lot of candidates that are coming out of college with resumes and intern programs. And I've run one before or a couple before. How can candidates, what kind of advice can you give them when you're coming out of college? Uh, and you maybe have or have not had an internship and, and are looking at a recruiting aspect of the industry we're not necessarily applying to a, a company directly, but how can they better themselves when reaching out to recruiters or avoiding some mistakes that, you know, sometimes candidates make when they're sending the resume over? Yeah, I, I would say that um, the number one mistake that, um, in, or, you know, a lot of professionals make in, um, I could see a lot of um, new college graduates making um, as well is having a one-size-fits-all resume. Um, you need to make sure that your resume um, accommodates the exact position that you're applying for. So you want to make sure that um, when you are seeking a new opportunity that your past experiences or your accomplishments are reflective of the things that they're looking for. What we have to realize is that um, it's not an easy game and we already have all these challenges set up against us. So if you don't have experience or you don't have, you know, the some of the skills that you're looking for in the positions that you are going after, um, I think now it will be the perfect time to, you know, start doing some um, volunteering at certain places just so you can put something additional on your resume or taking up a few certification courses or getting additional training so you can really, you know, add these things to your skill set. From there, um, I would start with your network and who you know and start connecting and putting the word out there. Hey, I'm looking for these opportunities. This is what I've learned. Really being your own personal brand advocate and um, putting yourself out there, I think is the best step at getting the exact opportunities that you're looking for. So that's what I would recommend. Absolutely. And DMIT, get out there, connect. You know, the LinkedIn profile, uh, if you have a LinkedIn profile, the best time to 
start one if you don't have one is when you actually are already working or having mm -hmm. the connections already available through your family or friends, you know, getting one LinkedIn and connecting to other networking events or going places, conferences definitely helps you to find something and be available to get that opportunity when it comes time, when you need it. One thing I want yes. to ask in terms of resume writing, now obviously not everyone's a writer. Some people are better mm -hmm. writers than others. Recommendations for if do you recommend resume writing services? Because there are tons of out there, tons of, of resume writing services out there. Some executives, you know, use them. Some people write their own. What's your take? Mm -hmm. If you're not, say, a good writer, what should you do? Obviously, and sometimes it can relate to a specific industry. Should you get a resume writer, or how do you how do you recommend? You know, I I. You know, I am not um, opposed to getting a resume writer. Um, I'm all, always about bootstrapping and finding the most, you know, the, the best cost efficient way to kind of, you know, go about getting what you want without having to necessarily uh, dish out, you know, some money. And especially as a um, maybe like as a fresh college grad, you may not have those resources to um, kind of put towards you know, hiring somebody to write your resume. So what I would recommend is continuing to work with like um, your university or your career, the career services department at um, the school to kind of go over what your current resume looks like. And typically um, these services are free even after graduation, they'd be willing to even just sit down and kind of, you know, just go over it with you to whether it be to prove or, you know, go over grammar or even offer some suggestions on what you can or you can't add. Um, I think that's a good route. And another route would be to, um, I would say to research different resumes online. Um, you can do a quick Google search of the position that you're going after, say, whether it be digi digital marketing or some type of tech or whatever it is that you're looking for. Do a quick Google search of exactly what it is you're looking for. Type it in there. Review a few different resumes and see what things that, you know, you could potentially add to your resume that you don't already have on there or um, some different you know, wordings of, you know, how they position themselves. And I think those are some ways you can really, you know, the cost efficient way of getting your resume noticed or kind of tweaked. That's great. Great advice for DMIT. And one thing I mentioned to you, and I think when we did the initial show was that I'll share a personal story or a story that I, not personal, but heard, uh, you know, through the news it was pretty popular where the name, the name of you know, that you grew up with, <laughs> your name that your parents gave you, uh, you yeah. know, sometimes that can be used against you where I remember reading one candidate, his name I think was Jose, and, or Jose rather, and he sent, he was qualified, I think it was an engineer or some type of technical field, sent out all the resumes, never got any response, and he just, to do a test, he, he removed the S from the name, so now it's Joe. Uh, mm -hmm. and so immediately it <laughs> got, got interviews and, and eventually, you know, got even a few offers and, and that kind of shows you how biased to the point where the resume itself or somebody looks at your name or somebody looks at the formatting is important, but maybe in the sense mm -hmm. of, you know, how do you combat that? Uh, you know, you want to keep your name, right? You don't want to change your name just mm -hmm. to, to get a job, but I think there's some progress that needs to be made in the whole recruiting industry. And I think that you talked about before. Uh, with your personal challenges and, and the names some people, you know, when they look at that, they see uh, something different. So removing that aspect or, or formatting or, you know, trying to change that in the future is something, something that is challenging. I think we're, we're hopefully moving in the right direction. Yeah. So I, I definitely can, uh, 
share the same experience as Jose did. Um, that's why I go by Shaniqua, Sean Davis. Depending on the circumstance or environment, I have to choose between, you know, if I want to be Shaniqua today or if I, if I want to be Sean today. And typically, um, whenever I apply to a position under Shaniqua, regardless of the, you know, the experience that I have, the companies or, you know, references that I have, they see Shaniqua and Shaniqua is almost instantly, um, you know, I almost instantly receive an automated rejection letter, you know, sorry that we decided to go with other candidates, you know, who match our needs more closely. And it, and it doesn't make sense because I'll review my resume and I'll review the position and I'm like, well, everything's here missing. And um, so after I had a mentor here in Chicago and he is a prominent white male executive um, of a big corporation in Chicago and I had a personal conversation with him asking him, I said, you know, I'm having a really hard time connecting with opportunities. Do you think it's my name? And he said, I would advise you to not put Shinsua on your resume and to use Sean. So I started using Sean and ever since, you know, every since I, whenever I use Sean, I almost instantly receive a uh you know an interview request hey sean we would love to have you come in blah 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 they will see my name on my resume as shaniqua sean davis but i'll apply under sean davis and whenever they contact me it's always hey sean hey sean hey sean this so um definitely i would recommend unfortunately you know if if need be having to switch your names you know depending on the, the avenue or where you're going um but my platform has is also built to help with things like that. So diverse candidates with those ethnic sounding names, you are, you, this is where you go to meet with companies who are excited and looking to connect with you. And they kind of are automatically erased that they may not even be aware of um, by, you know, deciding to join a platform like this. So. Absolutely. And that's great advice. You know, obviously in, in this day and age, it's unfortunate that has to happen, but of course, you know, having the ability to get great advice and to move forward with your career as DMIT is very important. And Shaniqua, I want to stop there and just want to thank you for the time you've taken to, in your busy schedule, give our listeners some great insights, advice, career advice, which everyone can use no matter if you're looking for a job yeah. or, or currently have one or an entrepreneur. So I want to take out the time to thank you and we'll chat soon and uh, we'll send you your lightning round prize. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thank you, um, DMIT audience.